What is up, guys? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Guide Series Podcast. Thank you for tuning and listening in. Um, this episode is brought to you by Toe Tags LLC, home of the original waterproof waterfowl tagging solution. If you're in the if you're hunting just up the road or across the USA and Canada, make sure you're transporting and storing tag birds to avoid hardy fines and possible jail time. For a complete list of products, visit www.totagsllc.com to find them on Facebook and Instagram. Again, that's Totags LLC for all your tagging needs. And on this week's episode, we brought on a content creator. And it is, um, you know, in today's world with all the social media going on, it is, uh, it's, it's a pretty big thing and it's a growing thing. And, um, and I kind of want to dive deep into the stories behind these guys and, and how they got started. Uh, and this week we got on, I feel like I've known you forever and we just follow each other for a good <laughs> little, a good little time, but I got on Jake Orlich. Uh, Jake, you can go ahead and say hello to everybody. How's it going guys? And, uh, you are in a, uh, you're in a trailer right now. Uh, that I that I see my you house. Got, yeah, your new your new house. You want to uh, talk about? Well, just we can dive right into that. You want to talk about, you know, kind of what went on and how you got how how you're doing the trailer life now. How I ended up in a trailer. So, I. Oh man, it's kind of okay. So sh- I'll, I'll just let's just start at the beginning because it kind of has to do with. Well, no, no, no. no. We'll, we'll scratch that. So I essentially, I was living in Dallas, downtown Dallas, and I had a sweet duplex, balled out, got a backyard for the dog, and a couple months into it, realized I was spending more time outside of my, outside of my rental than I was actually there, and I was paying something like $1,600 a month for it, and at the time, I was talking a lot with Drew Seals a lot, and uh, he, as everybody knows, is no matter collective nomad lifestyle and i was whole i mean since the day he moved in that thing i was like i always thought it was so cool I was like oh man i'd love to do that sometime love to do it and finally got the opportunity to actually see how he lived in person and the second i stepped foot in that trailer i was like oh, oh this is happening this is 100 <laughs> happening and within a month i a couple things had lined up uh we'll get into adam peck and the uh, project upland project i'm working on but that kind of lined up exactly when i could get out of my lease and get into the trailer and oh. so within about a month i worked out with my landlord to break my lease get into the trailer and then at the same time like within i mean i was gone out of dallas within a week of that trailer pulling up to my parents house i was gone for like two three months after that nice nice so okay. it, it was Shit is hard and fast, man. It was. <laughs> well, congrats on the uh, congrats on the new house. I guess congrats. That's it's, that's big time. That's a, I mean that's a big move. So good, dude. Good for you. I mean that's a it's a big move. So um, that's awesome. Let's back it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Kind of tell everyone who you are, how old you are, uh, where you're from. Kind of kind of giving them a little meat and potatoes. So I'm 24 from Dallas. I born and raised in Dallas, went to Ole Miss, spent every little bit of five years there and worked for, and that was kind of, that was essentially how I got injected into the industry, kind of on accident. I, I really, I don't have like 
<laughs> I don't have a good story about how I got into this. Like I was literally in the right place at the right time. And like, that was it. I got, I got hired by Marty Roberts, Sporting Life Kennels in okay. Oxford, Mississippi. Uh-huh. And that was really my introduction. I mean, he breeds and trains British labs, some of the best gun dogs you can find. And just like an all around amazing, amazing person just will. I mean, he trains hundreds of dogs a year and he's still answering random phone calls from people with training questions. And he's been doing it for 30 years. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. Can't speak enough. Can't, can't speak highly uh, enough about him. Um, but I saw him fiddling around with the camera one day and he's an older guy. He, I could see he was struggling and I had taken a, I had taken a, uh, like a, an announcements. Like we did the school announcements in high school. Uh-huh. I did it with a buddy of mine as a joke and we ended up actually learning some things. And so when I saw him messing with his camera, I was like, Marty, I can, I can help if you want. He goes, please take every, take all of this stuff do it. I, I can't do this. Like you figure it out. And so I started doing all his training films and he built this whole unbelievable uh, training program called retrieve university. And man, some of those are pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> and you were the operator, you were the operator behind them. <laughs> I was the operator behind and I will fully disclose. Those are not, not real great. Some of them, but they get the training across. It's rough though. Um, and I spent three years working there in college and then two weeks, I was a fifth year. So two weeks after, or two weeks before, sorry, I was like moving home. I was done with school two weeks before I was leaving, moving my shit out. I was sitting in, sitting in the office and Will Morrison was sitting there and they were talking about this Canada trip and well, and I'll, I'll preface before this too. I grew up dove hunting never duck on it ever my dad okay. too early too cold for him right, right. Uh, i never took an interest to the big game hunting i if you ask me to sit in a stand for five hours i'm gonna roll my eyes and go please no just not i i'm a little add so i can't yeah. be doing something all the time right I hear you. um and and love dove hunting always wanted to get into duck hunting but it's when you're, hmm, I don't know how to say this without ruffling feathers. Um, it's hard to convince people to take you hunting when you don't know anything about hunting, especially duck hunting, because it's such like a, I know these spots. These are my spots. I don't want anybody else to know. Yada, yada, which I totally understand. Yeah. But it was just like, Oh man, I barely got in like four or five hunts prior to this, me sitting down with Will Morrison and all this stuff. I got you. So Will, they're talking about this Canada trip and I'm like, Hey, I'm done with school. This sounds like an awesome trip. I'd love to go. And it was like, a, you know, they were going to spend like seven, eight days up there or something like that. And Will turns around and he goes, you know, I actually know a guy who wants to send a videographer up there. Of course I was like, well, yeah, let's go got in touch with Hunter Burris and he ended up sending me up there for seven days. And like the second I got up there, I was like, Oh shit. Like I, I can see how, like I can make a living doing this and did a ton of networking, did a ton of like just cold calls, outreach, whatever. 
and ended up linking up with another outfitter up there who has an outfit in North Texas called Swamp Nasty Outfitters. Mm -hmm. So I spent my seven days up there for Hunter Burris and through somehow some kind of connection ended up driving, getting a ride all the way over to the other side of Saskatchewan to hunt for another seven days with these other guys. Cool. And I was at this time, I was just like, Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it felt like, like I was so, way over my head, but Oh man, it was. Yeah. I mean, so you're just coming out of college and you're, you know, you think you're going to go home and your world kind of does the 180. I, and I was job searching. I was looking yeah. for a corporate job. Yeah. And yeah, you're, yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you, your life does a 180 and you're hunting seven days somewhere and filming mm-hmm. another day somewhere. And uh, no, that's, that's a really good. And that's usually how it works. So, I mean, mm-hmm. and people that, you know, and you sound like you can talk to people and you know people, you sound like a good dude. You know, if you have those kind of characteristics and you start networking around and you're just, you know, you're not a dickhead, then mm-hmm. people, t- people tend to kind of, you know, latch on um, and, uh, you know, you kind of get your foot in places. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's really half the battle is meeting people, it's connections. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about, I guess where, like where you started and kind of where you're at now. And, and so did it, it's, did it start with duck hunting? Obviously Saskatchewan being that, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, did that transpire to anything else or do you still, would you rather still just be uh, doing, you know, filming and taking pictures of the duck hunts or do you kind of do everything now? So it's been, it's been interesting, especially in the last uh, six or seven months, ah, probably like four months, realistically. Um, initially, like that first full season, it was, this is all I want to do, hunting, 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 nonstop. And uh, I loved it. I mean, I, I have absolutely zero complaints. I still want to do that. But, you know, if you're lucky, you, you can bird hunt, including upland, 100 days, 150 days a year, you know, if you're really pushing it. Um, that still leaves, you know, 200 days. Um, so especially I was, I was honestly kind of scratching in the off season. I, I still had gigs. I was still doing stuff, small little here and there in Dallas, around Dallas. Um, but once I got into the trailer, I was working almost instantly with Adam Peck and, helping him film a project that he uh, built and partnered up with project upland with. And so for everybody out there, who's Adam Peck and what is he, what is, who's he with? Adam Peck works for, he, he does media management uh, for himself, uh, subliminal media. And he is a lifelong upland hunter, genuine a one guy, just as nice as can be. Um, and it's really just like one of those people you enjoy being around. And he, uh, I'll br- preface this, this project cause it's a big deal. He kind of did what I did, but on a smaller scale uh-huh. and not permanently, he took a suburban and gutted it and, uh, and rigged it out so he could live out of it. And he is traveling around the country he started in, oh, shit, I'd have to pull up a calendar. When did I get in that trailer? Probably, shit, two, three months ago he started. 
and he's not getting out of that. He's not, well, let me back up. He's hunting out of that car, driving around the country until the end of January. Okay. And he's essentially meeting up with a handful of people, whoever will answer a phone call and he's taking them out up on hunting. He's going to do get it, whether it's a brand new hunter, whether it's a guy who's been hunting for 20 years, whether it's somebody who has never hunted in Wyoming and wants to, he'll take them. And so we're doing some short narrative films uh, with that. But what I'm getting at is once I started with him and I got into this upland world, cause I had never, ever been in the, I mean, never even thought about it, never even anything. Uh, I then, I was, uh, that's when I started to think, I was like, okay, there's a lot more out there. Right. 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 And, and he's really well connected in Colorado too. And I've grown up skiing, snowboarding my whole life. And so we've got a, a few films in February that we're going to try and shoot in Colorado and some like backcountry stuff. So like, that's really exciting. And so I don't know where exactly I'm going. I will still be in the hunting world probably till the day I die. Um, but I am absolutely like exploring other stuff to where it might even get to a point where I am only filming, you know, 60 days. Right. Or maybe even 30 days out of the year. Uh-huh. I don't know. I have absolutely no idea where this is going. Well, that's cool. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, like, that, that, that's, that's, that's a part of it. I mean, you're a part, you're long for the, I mean, how old are you right now? I'm 24. 24. So dude, you're mm-hmm. young and you know, do it while you can and hell, mm-hmm. you know, live, live for the next day. Yeah. And it was that, and that's also another reason I got into the trailer too. Cause I was like, I, you know, I don't want any kids. I don't have a girlfriend. That's for sure. <laughs> there will be no other time where I can just completely unplug and dip and, and not have to worry about any obligation here, there, or, you know, wherever. Right. 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 I got you. Um, so let's talk about the social media aspect and because social media is huge. And I was listening to a podcast the other day. I think it was, um, Oh, it was, um, Joey Fasalo and Midwest flyways. A little shout out, Joey. Um, and they were talking about the social media and it was really interesting about, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of caught up to the hunting and the outdoor industry as far as um, not, what am I trying to say? Like not modeling, but, um, but I guess like that, that stigma almost that, um, what am I trying to say here? Uh, talk much. Um, the, Instagram, you know, it first started with like, you know, like Vogue or like fashion. And then it kind of got into like, you know, cars and trucks. And then it got into like, you know, do you know what I'm saying? So, it it kind of yeah, yeah. So like what you're saying is like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like TikTok blew up. It took six months, at least probably a year before the hunting world was like, oh, TikTok. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's. Let's get on that. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, as far as in social media, I'm, I'm going to get to my question here in a minute. But okay. finally, photographers and everything is caught up. Instagram is caught up to these guys. And now it's kind of like getting into like the ranching as well. And, and like the Western. I've noticed that, yeah. Kind of thing, right? And that's mm-hmm. kind of starting to come too. Um, mm-hmm. 
what kind of pictures as a photographer catch your eye on social media? And maybe this will help out. And you could probably answer, you're probably just act like you're answering to someone listening who's just picking up a camera, who is, you know, wanting their pictures to look a certain way, uh, like hunting pictures look a certain way. Um, what kind of pictures kind of stand out to you beforehand? We were talking about like Andrew Clatt, uh, Aaron Davis, mm-hmm. uh, Ed Wall, you know, they all have their kind of, their kind of niche and their kind of own thing, but what kind of pictures stand out to you on social media and what makes a, a good post versus a bad post? Man. Oh, so like we talked about before, Aaron Davis, he's got his style, that bright tons of colors, beautiful, you know, dogs, eyes popping out. Andrew Klatt's a lot more, a lot more moody, dark, neutral colors, real, maybe some more detailed shots. Just, they all have their different styles. Those are two very different spectrums. I mean, you can even go into the skiing stuff where it's, you know, you got blown out whites. You've got just this one little guy right in the middle at the end of the day, if your picture tells a story, like if there's something there that, that uh, leads you to either ask a question or go, there's something more going on here. Or like, this is a whole story. Like, there was a, oh shit, I can't remember who took that picture. Um, dang. It may have, oh, I don't know. I'd have to find it. There's, it, I mean, it's done, been done a handful of times. Just this beautiful sunset in the background, guys holding a bird, dogs sitting, you know, they're, you're looking at his shoulders, they're standing, you know, right in front of each other. And the dog's just looking up right at him. Uh-huh. You know, right. he's got a bird in hand, dogs there. They just got done with the hunt, successful hunt. got a bird in hand, dogs sitting there. That bond, that tells a story. Right. That's a beautiful picture. Right. And so that's style be damned. If it tells a story, you're going the right direction. Right. I got you. And that's something I think for people listening or hopefully there's younger guys listening to this or picking up a camera and, and I'm not, I'm not the best at photography. I like it. It's a hobby of mine. Um, but that's something I try to incorporate in the pictures that I take is maybe, maybe not the, it's maybe not like something that you're focused on, mm-hmm. but it's something going on in the background too. It's something that mm-hmm. it's something like, you know, what is that person doing in, like in the background or, or like, yeah. you know, you, you zoom in on, you know, a bunch of ducks are like hanging around a tree, but then you got that guy in the back that's hammering a duck call, you know, yeah. or he's like, you know, he's yeah. looking up. It's kind of like those, I like, I like those different, um, a couple of different key things in that picture, not just what the camera's focused on. Mm-hmm. But I think, so to answer the question, everyone has their own style and just make sure, you know, when you are taking pictures, just to stick to your style, kind of be you, be who you are behind the camera. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the only person that's going to judge you is you and mm-hmm. everybody else can kick rocks. <laughs> I mean, shit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think people get way too wrapped up in, in the whole, like, you know, colors and editing style and this and that and, I mean, you got to think at some point there was some photographer that he, that he made the Aaron Davis, Aaron Davis did. It's, it's his style. He right. did that. He was the first one to do that. So, you know, you might be the, you might be the first one to do your own style right. in two years. Somebody might be going, Oh shit, that looks like a hunter long picture. Right. You know? Right. So like, 
if you can just tell a story with a picture, the shit, everything else will fall into place. Man, I saw a picture on uh, Instagram this past week, and this is this kind of like wraps up our sums up this whole thing. It was a picture of a dog's head from 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 above his head, mm-hmm. and it was zoomed in on his uh, on his you know on his fur, but it was nothing to the picture. It was just mm-hmm. it was just zoomed in. You can tell you could see the fine lines of each strand of hair. And like I said, mm-hmm. there was nothing, there's no, du- there's no dead ducks. There's no pile pick. It, you mm-hmm. know, there wasn't, you know, a dog running through the water and it's splashing and you catching that, you know, all that jazz. Yeah. That action. Yeah. Literally just the top of a dog's head, but it was the coolest freaking picture. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like something you're like, you, you scroll and you're like, wait, hold on, scroll back. <laughs> let me look at that again. Let me do a double yeah. take. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. What, um, now let's get into s- different uh, scenarios because I had we had Kate Tricky on, uh, Christina Wing, mm-hmm. um, I think we had I th- there's I think there's one more I'm forgetting but we've had a couple cre- uh, content creators on and I was and, oh Josh Alvarez um, and that's like one guy I always look up to um, when I'm taking pictures and whatnot and what he's doing um, what from your point of view you know let's get into like situations and stuff like in the timber. Uh, you know, if you're timber hunting, I don't know if you guys do a bunch of that in Texas, but I'm sure you have, have you, have you gotten into some timber hunting? I'm, I'm in Arkansas. Yeah. In Arkansas. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll be there uh, Saturday morning. Countdown's on. Um, Ooh, we should link up. I'll be there this weekend. We'll talk about that after. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but uh, you know, for, for the, for a timber hunt, you know, what do you, what are you taking in with you? What kind of lenses what are you, where are you setting up? Um, Cause it, it's different than hunting in a dry field and being, mm-hmm. have everything spread out. So kind of give us your situational run through of like a timber hunt. And if you're, um, you know, either filming or doing photography for somebody. Mm-hmm. If, so if I'm filming nine times out of 10, well, okay, I'll back up. So for, if I'm filming 90% of my time, I will have on a, uh, 24 to 105 on my Sony and that'll catch all the action, everything, you know, all the birds coming in, yada, yada, yada. And then once I know all those solid shots that will take up 90, probably 97%. (laughs) Excuse me. Beer, 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 beer burp. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Once I have those solid shots that will take up most of the film, I'll throw that 70 to 200 on and I'll get all those nice in tight detailed shots, guys ripping on calls, dogs, bringing birds to hand, maybe dogs, water dripping off the dog's feet, you know, whatever it might be. That's, and you know, maybe some birds cupped up coming in or something, you know, something like that. That's, I use that 70 to 200 for those nice, real, real nice in tight detailed shots with some awesome depth of field and, and like that kind of stuff. Gotcha. And, mm-hmm. and I kind of forgot too, cause I don't, I, I, I think I made one shitty film last year of a timber hunt. It was so shitty, but whatever. I had fun. Um, <laughs> I forgot that, you know, when you're filming, it's, it's a whole, it's, it's, it's a whole different ball game than, than taking pictures. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially, especially in the timber too, because a lot of times you have to run manual focus because your cameras as great as those cameras are nowadays, when you've got these tiny little specks on your screen coming in, in the middle of branches, 
it's not it's has no idea what the hell is going on especially if it's like early morning oh right. shit good luck you know <laughs> right 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 exactly um mm-hmm. what uh now let's go into like a field aspect or like an open dry field hunt uh maybe maybe you're in a layout blind maybe they're hunting out of a frame or something do you set up back behind them do you set up with them you know do you like to you know do you like to be in the blind with them and kind of catch everything that's going on or you know does it just depend what you're trying to capture yeah it depends like i i spent a lot of time last season with another client that uh who he hunted with wing chaser in kansas a lot and so i was up there a good bit last season and every single time I was there, I would set up probably about five yards behind everybody, maybe even like 10 yards. If it was a big group. Um, but this season we had an Oklahoma opener and I just, one thing happened, one thing led to another. I just ended up just lining up with everybody else. And I ended up liking that a lot just because you can get, now, if you can bounce, the guides hate this. They hate it when you're like in the middle of a hunt, like, Hey man, can I pull my blind up there next to y'all? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. As birds are like in the air, you're like, I know we just shot, but like, I need to move this blind up here. They hate that shit. So I try never to do that as much as I can, but the, that goes back to like that timber hunt where you get those big wide shots, you get the birds coming, you get the guys pulling up, you get everybody shooting and all this shit. Well, then if you want those detailed shots, you need to get in close. You, know, you need to get in next to those, guys you get in next to the guys who are wailing on the calls or doing the flagging or all that shit so it i think it's user's preference right you know it depends it depends on what you want to do whether it's if you just want to get some real nice big old fat honkers cupped up right in front of you you don't need to be behind everybody just get up there for the bills have a good time you know get that one get that one shot that you're looking for and, and you're good to go if you're doing a whole film I don't know. That's a loaded question there. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was. And, but you kind of, you kind of sparked, you kind of sparked another question. Uh, how do you, how do you kind of stay out of the way of, of the, of the hunt? But, you know, as a photographer, you also got to be the one that's in there catching everything that's going on. What are, what are kind of maybe some tips for someone listening to kind of handle that problem or handle that situation? Is it knowing where to be or where the guide wants you to be or you know mm-hmm. is it you know how do you if you you know if you have geese coming in and you're looking for that one tight up close shot how you know your because your barrel of your camera is going up <laughs> before everybody else you know how- <laughs> oh, i will never forget so i uh when i went up for my second trip in canada last year i was hunting with clearview outfitting and uh i will probably never forget this uh there's about eight of us real good group of guys and colt tally was the guide and he owns clearview and awesome guy well we were we'll have have to get him on the pod well i mean i highly recommend he's he's an awesome guy we have to get him on the pod he so we were hunting out of these uh swaths and I set up in the swath behind everybody. It was a killer hunt. I mean, it was a bang up hunt. But in the middle of this hunt, I I jumped out of my blind to go take some pictures. And these birds, 
they want in so bad and they're just not finishing like they have the whole hunt and colt sits up he looks behind and he goes whose fucking blind is wide open and i go oh shit because those birds started coming in and so i just jumped in the swath next to me trying not to piss anybody off and my blind is wide ass open and he ripped me a new one. Oh man i felt i felt so bad so uh, my tip of it my my piece of advice is just work with the guides don't piss them off <laughs> that's so funny that's so funny but you're like but hey you you but you need me too so are heck, are you are you actually that mad at me and and i actually got some pretty killer pictures when i was hiding in that swath so I mean, there you go you know you win some you lose some no but definitely work with the guides ask them where they can where you know you're out of the way and you know if you've got a spot that you want to be in where you want a particular shot just ask them just be like hey can i you know, sit over here. Can I go set up right there? And shit, nine times out of 10, they'll be like, yeah, absolutely. We can get you there. And they'll help you brush in. They'll help you get hidden. They'll help you, you know, get, get where you need to be. Cause like you said, at the end of the day, they want you there. They, they've they got a reason for you to be there. Right. What, um, we'll work. I'm kind of going an opposite way. I'm kind of bouncing around, man. So just kind of hang, hang, hang in there with me. Um, how do you think social media has changed uh the way people kind of view the outdoors um i know that maybe not like it kind of is a photography question but and you can kind of make it a part two i guess so how do you think social media has changed the way people view the outdoors and how do you think instagram or social media has helped you uh be where you're at now versus like if you if you didn't have it because there's kind of there's kind of good and bad uh every way kind of every way you go that lose so, you oh, okay you're, hold on. yeah yeah you're back. back yeah you're good okay okay so it i'm i'm honest i'm a hot spotting this right now so that's probably why oh, you're good a little <laughs> hot spot um Oh yeah, I mean it's the camper life, you know. It's you gotta work. Hey, you need to get some got. Wi-Fi in that thing. You're a tech. You're a tech guy. You ain't got Wi-Fi up in that thing. Oh, don't get me started. I mean, we hey, we've been we've been to the moon, and I'm pretty sure they can hook up Wi-Fi in that camper. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I I've been telling myself I need to figure it out. I just like haven't got. <laughs> dude, <laughs> hey, uh, dude. When I see, you next you think, I mean, it's a pretty pivotal part. <laughs> When I when I see you when I see you if I ever run into you on the road you're gonna have the biggest satellite dish. <laughs> go ahead. I need though. that shit. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead though on the question. Oh, okay. You do you do I do you need to run do you need to run back through or? I kind of got yeah. It. Run me back through that question. Robert. No, you're good. So how has Instagram changed? Uh, how has Instagram kind of made made it easier for you or how has Instagram or social media? uh, helped you because Instagram mm. can kind of, I've not, it can't hurt you, but Instagram and social media has its, has its downfalls, but it also has its upside. So how has social media mm. made Jake Orlich photography the way it is? It, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, it's been big. It's been huge. I, and I will say that saying if I 
didn't do what I did, I wouldn't have social media. I, as much as, as much as it connects people, it definitely tears people apart. It definitely, it, it, you know, I don't want to get into politics because that's not the point of it, but uh, it's very easy to, if you're looking for it, there's very, it's very easy to find a divide there. It's very easy to find. Oh, it lost you for a sec. Hold on. That old, that old hot spot is now turning into a uh, cold spot. People who've got a problem with something that you're doing. Hold on, I lo- yeah, hold you, on buddy. I lost you. Connect- hold on. Come on. Come on, hot spot. It's a, it's a cold spot right now. It's not, it's not really hot. Man. It's all, all right, good. Where did I lose you at? Um, uh, you kind of, you're talking about like, you don't have to go like, it's not the politics side. You don't have to get into that, but. Okay. So it, what I, essentially what I'm saying is like it, you can, you can find a problem, you know, you can, if you're looking for it, there's definitely, you can very easily find a divide it, and you'll always run into people who've got a problem with something that you're doing. There's always going to be someone who doesn't like how you're doing this or how you're doing that or who you're hunting with or who you're hanging out with. Or, I mean, you could go on and on and on. Right. And, and so I, like, I'll admit, like, I definitely struggle with it. Um, not that like I rec- I don't receive like hate from anybody, but you know, you, you start spend, you start spending too much time on social media and you're like, shit, I'm like, I'm fucking mad, like about something. Like I'm just, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but I mean, I mean, like on the flip side, you can, you connect with so, I mean, you connect with so many people like, like you and I are prime example. Right. Of, like the good in, in social media where as many terrible people that are out there, there's just as many good people. Mm-hmm. And so while it has helped me a ton, I can't say that without saying you need to be diligent, like not you personally, but like, yeah, as a, as a human, you need, I think you need to be diligent about what kind of content you consume because it can, you can totally turn your whole mood by who you interact with on social media. And so I've made per just me personally, I make a very conscious effort to devote time and effort and like interact with people who reciprocate that love that right. like community yeah. and that uh doing what just, doing what you're doing you know they're you're 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 interacting with the people that yeah that, that you have an interest in and they have an interest in you yeah and like like doesn't matter the industry photographers videographers just guys doing who i don't care what they're doing but like i just make conscious effort to try and consume positive content like positive people and and it just like how you audit your friend group i try and extend that to kind of social media i got you that's kind of a tough question i put you there on the spot no but, you're good man but you know i feel like social media plays a huge part in in the outdoors now and 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 people um you know people you know see a pile pick and they're like oh those mm. guys you know blah 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 they didn't you know like they didn't work for them birds they didn't do yeah. this like they got they yeah. got everything made blah blah to like tony vandemore right i mean we had rt bailey on uh and, and cam maxon uh uh-huh. they both work for tony and you know 
you read on any Facebook, any Instagram, any, you know, well, Tony's holding all the birds, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, people putting up, you know, you know, uh-huh. these ducks for, you know, the whole season and cha- altering the migration. Well, it's like, it's like, well, that came, with, <laughs> that came with hard work though. And a lot harder work than you've probably worked a day in your life. I mean, oh shit, yeah. I mean, how, how they grind it out and do what they do. Like, I'm at the point where it's like, you know what, good for you guys for doing all mm-hmm. that because that is so much sweat equity oh, and, man. and so much time and so much planning. And, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, that's kind of that's kind of where I was getting at with the um, with the social media. Yeah, absolutely. And run and gun outdoors. They're a prime example too. Like they've got, and I'll, I'll probably butcher this explanation, but they've got like natural, like they don't plant for it. They have like natural wheat or they've got natural Milo. And so in the state of Texas, that if it's natural unplanted uh, millet, they can cut it. And of course, you know, the second you do that, you've got people like, Oh, well, those guys down there running gun, they just, they just, well, do whatever they want. They just cut everything and they cheat and, uh, and it's like, like, dude, just get the full story before you. <laughs> right, exactly, and that's that's the kind of, that's the downfall of Instagram and social media and whatnot because mm-hmm. people only see that you know people are only seeing that picture and yeah. that you know they're not seeing everything else that mm-hmm. is going behind it. So absolutely. Uh, anyway but um, but there is a there's a ton of positive too i we can't we can't just leave it at that like spec ops in southeast texas i got linked up with him pretty recently and the only reason he got linked up is through social media he we and he and i followed each other for a while and he called me up a couple months ago he's like hey man i've got a couple weekends i want you to come down and you know the rest is history right exactly so exactly. it's i mean it's it's a great sp- if you're in any kind of content creation that's you know bar none is you, you if you do it and you interact with people you will see positive results it's yeah it's i i agree place. i agree and anyone out there that and i don't know i'm just i may be talking to two people who knows i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> probably it's probably it's probably pro- you know what you know who it is it's probably my grandma in cincinnati <laughs> what up grandma and uh, uh and uh it's probably and my, my mom and your mom. Yeah. And, and my, my fiance. Hey, that's three people. That's, <laughs> that's three. That's, that's good enough for that's, me. That's, that's one. That's one more than I thought there'd be, but anyone <laughs> listening, uh, anyone listening, uh, you know, I think how I take social media in is it's just my story. It's just what I'm doing. It's just, you know, if uh-huh. I think something's cool, I want to share something. Um, I don't really try to, you know, I, I try to mimic people like, you know, Josh Albers, I look up mm-hmm. to him and, and I don't, I'm, I, I look up to, you know, Ed Wall, Aaron Davis, but like, I can't take pictures like them, but they're, <laughs> they're cool to look at. But like, you know, I try to mimic and do stuff like certain guys, which is cool, I think. But then I try to put that into my own kind of world and yeah. do it with my own experiences. Um, so like, you know, it may not be the best picture, but you know, it's what, but if you want to see mm-hmm. what I'm doing, and follow me if you don't then don't man i don't care and yeah and that's exactly how i treat it too is like i once i kind of was like oh okay like this is what i'm gonna do i was just like i'm going to be relentlessly myself like if you don't like what i got going on just unfollow me like if you do like what i have going on then follow me man i'll appreciate every single one like i you know i i'm just gonna do exactly what i want to do you're like share, exactly you're share your story you're gonna yeah. share your story 
Yeah, like I got, I got like, uh, I posted a picture the other day. It was actually my buddy in the timber. What a great picture. He was like, it, it, it looked like I had a 70 to 200 on, but it looked like he was four miles away. But and it, I was, I was a pretty long way. Like I was on the other side of the hole and these birds yeah. fell on the exact opposite side. And I took this picture and you could barely see him, but, it, but you could see him. But just enough. Just enough. And then the trees yeah. were huge behind him. You know what I mean? And it was, I, that was like a good picture for me. And I saw um, that was a good one. Thank man. you. But man, yeah. I got like 60 likes on it. Are you kidding me? That's like a record. That's like a record for me. That's man. Just do you. Thanks, sixty people. You, I appreciate it. Grandma, yeah. fiance, Jake's mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, do you have any good stories? And um, and if and if we have to talk, we can talk about. I got one or two more questions, so you can mm. think of a story. If you don't have one off the bat, I can kind of stall. I wasn't supposed mm. to tell like the podcast viewers that, but I am anyway. So I can stall with one or two more questions. But if you need me to ask those questions while you think of one, uh, I actually know something we could do. Okay. Um, this episode is also brought to you by Camera Retro. If you're looking to pick up a new set of outdoor gear and apparel this fall or want to get cash for your unwanted gear, check out our friends at CamoRetro.com. CamoRetro is a great place to find pre-owned new gear, especially those timeless vintage and old school styles or camo patterns that you can't find in the store today. Create your free seller account for $5 off your next order and use code guide series five for 5% off their handpicked camera retro collection. That's guide series five, all lowercase, no spaces and the number five follow camera retro on Instagram and create your seller account on camera today. I am such a good reader. Uh, if only my second grade teacher could see me now. She'd be proud of you. She miss Winkle John would be proud of me. That's a hell of a last name. And it's a hell of a last name. And I tell people that all the time when we start talking about going to school back in the day, I say, I said, yeah, Miss Winklejohn is like, your teacher wasn't named Miss Winklejohn. I said, honestly, can I make that up? Miss Winklejohn. Oh, shit. Anyway. So what, what kind of store do you want? Like, man, like if you have like a, like, you know, it doesn't really have to be a photography story. Um, like, you know, the one you opened, you know, had your, you know, uh, yeah. layout open. That's a, that was a good one. But like, it could be a funny photography story. It could just be a cool hunting story or like a, a scary moment or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Do you have, you know, any road stories that are, Oh, I mean, I've gotten my eardrum blown out plenty of times. That's for sure. Uh, before like, how about talk about your truck? Cause you, you've had some, tr- <laughs> <laughs> you've had some truck issues, uh, uh from, because I've been it, following you. And we've had some truck issues and, um, and it's oh, not, it's not man. been the best. Honestly, you're like, every time I get on social media and I click on your story, I'm like, I'm like waiting to see like your dog or, you know, like you upland hunting or like duck hunting. And nope, it's just a picture of you either with a flat tire or, or in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, I need to get another beer for this. Hold on. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh my gosh. What's uh what's your drink of choice tonight? No free ads, but what's your drink of choice? Oh, I'm a Michelob guy. Hey. Little, I'm not ashamed to say it either. Hey, little like chick Ultra. Little chick ultra. Um hey, I uh no, I'm a uh I like the sell dude, I'm in the seltzers right now. Don't really? get me wrong. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I yeah. I like uh, you know, I like my fair share of beer, but um Man, the uh, I've been drinking. Oh, hell, Texas guy! I've been drinking ranch water. 
Ranch water. Parker McCollum. Ranch water. Is that the is that the commercial? <laughs> no, he says that like he's <laughs> This is a behind the scenes story, sorry. Dude, you just you just blew you just blew me away right there. <laughs> <laughs> so on that this is all keep the short story. Uh on that music video shoot, in the middle of it, he that that music video got sponsored by ranch water and so we had this whole like deal about it it was, it was funny but yeah dude ranch water's good i like it dude i don't i, I don't it. mind it wait so wait did you say you shot a music video oh no god no no it wasn't me i was just shooting the behind the scenes stuff that was a nomad collective deal no that was oh, not me. okay mm. okay 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 i thought you- I, ain't, I ain't there yeah we're gonna get there but like not <laughs> Just, just let me know like when you're shooting a music video for like yo Gotti or something like that and you're oh, yeah. you know you're you're in the streets and you got about 40 brothers jumping around i'll be there <laughs> with with with, you, with with ranch waters and mick ultras <laughs> i would love to be sponsored by mick ultra that would i would take that one in a heartbeat dude i think honestly i think any i think any white male between the ages of mm-hmm. 21 legal 21 and 28 would i mean who am i kidding if fucking keystone called me mom is like hey we'll send you a couple of kids. i'd be like yeah oh i'm a keystone guy now for sure <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> man all these and i don't i didn't mean to say like i'm not people i'm not racist i'm just saying you know i don't really see a lot of black people drinking mick ultras that's just a fact i just don't it's nothing no i got you 100 percent. i mean i was just making if ranch water called me i I, yeah let's go yeah i was just making a funny not fat (laughs) not not true statistic anyway (laughs) that's what we do that's what we do on this podcast we just tell Uh, very untrue not relatable things on this podcast no i got you so truck yes truck. (laughs) it's been a nightmare man so I, when I got the trailer, I was driving a half ton F-150 2013 with a non-working radio. Uh, so I had a Bose little deal sitting on the dash and that's what, uh, that's how I listen to music in the car. You had a Bluetooth speaker. Oh yeah. (laughs) And drove 7,000 miles in a month. Oh yeah, I'm on pace to drive 60 this year, so we'll see how that goes. So, nice. I spent two months traveling with Adam Peck. Uh, we went. I went from Dallas to Colorado, Colorado, Wyoming, Wyoming to Idaho, Idaho, straight north to Montana, all the way across Montana to North Dakota, back to Montana, and then straight back down to Texas. And oh. I came back to Texas specifically to buy a truck. I was only supposed to be there for like four or five days. I bought a really sweet uh, 2016 Lariat, spent a pretty penny on it. Uh, it was an F-250 Lariat. And uh, I drove off the lot Thursday afternoon, and that truck was on a tow truck totaled Saturday morning. Totaled? Uh, totaled. Like, totaled. Done. And so then I had to cancel two shoots and wait, was total, stuck wait, in total, Dallas. Wait, hold on. Sorry. Total by user error or total because. Oh man. Yeah, it was my fault. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at that. I just I know you didn't. No, want, no. I know you didn't. I know you didn't want anybody else to know. But I had I had to dig you. I'm sorry. That sucks, man. <laughs> no, and it was a shitty accident too. The airbags didn't even go off. This guy, yeah, it had a ranch hand bumper on the front, and this guy was speeding and caught essentially caught like he, he caught was going like I was going straight. He was coming perpendicular, and he caught the edges of the ranch hand bumper and jerked my truck about 12 feet to the left mm. and so i mean as you know those ranch hand bumpers are so i got out looked at that truck and my front bumper was literally a foot to the left of the frame and instantly i was like oh yeah no this truck's done this is done airbags didn't even deploy well are you all right Oh yeah, I was fine. I I watched it happen. He did a little 180, and I just looked. I was on the phone with a buddy, and he heard it, and I was just like, "Are you?" Because I instantly kind of processed it pretty quickly. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And like, Damn. I got out. Everybody was okay. Nobody got hurt. It was all like it was the best case scenario for that accident. A hundred percent. That's good. You know, like had I, had I been three seconds earlier, he would have T-boned me and I would have been probably laid up right now. So Damn. could have been really bad, but well, I'm glad. still I'm my glad, truck, glad you my made truck issues. Yeah. Glad you made it. Glad, glad I'm here. So <laughs> just happy to be here. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. I don't really care. Uh, so I, prior to that, I had sold my other truck for that down payment. So now I'm stuck in Dallas. I don't have a home. I've got my truck parked at my parents' house. And once I realized I was there, my dad and I ran a 220 wire. So I was hooked up, but still I have no mode of transportation. I can't work. I can't do it. Like I, it really honestly put kind of in a real kind of a dark place. Like I was freaking out. I was worried that it would bury me, that it would kind of be like the last straw kind of a deal. Right. And it, one thing led to another. I was in Chattanooga uh, two weeks later and the insurance was a nightmare to work out as it always is. Right. Um, and so I kind of had a hard date. Like it was last Friday and, or wait, what, what day is today? Tuesday. Yeah, it was last Friday. So that was the, I don't um, know. Some don't know date. date. Yeah, it was some date. They, I had to be in a truck. I had to be gone. I had like real obligations. I couldn't cancel. And so on Thursday, no, no, that week before. So Monday, I flew into Chattanooga. I shot a video for Pelican Coolers. Uh, did you see that? Yes. When, when that. I posted yep. on my page. Yep. Um, I love working for Pelican Coolers. They, they said, you know, uh, not quite sure our uh, demographic, whatever. So, whatever. That video ended up getting mixed. That's a little short story there. Wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. You broke up, but hold on. You said you said you said the the demographic what? Oh, I, I'm not gonna get. I don't want to get in trouble. I shot a video. They were like, "You love it. We need you to reshoot it, though." <laughs> oh shit. No, they weren't mad about it. They're like, this is great. We just, we just can't really use this for our page. So we need you to reshoot it. <laughs> What's that like, was it like a video that like you edited and like you put music to and stuff? 
Oh yeah, it was a fully produced forty-second ad. Uh, anyway, it, yeah, we, go go watch it after this, and uh, you'll understand. If nobody knows what I'm talking about, just watch the last Pelican video I posted on my because that's a to, that's a little bit of a different edit. It's has no ad, like has no uh, uh, logos on it for that reason. No, they were really like this got like Yo Gotti playing in the background or something. <laughs> No, no, just you, you'll I'll understand. I'll go. I'll go, dude. I'm going. I, I, once this, it, dude, once this ends, I'm, I'm getting my thunder thumbs out, and I am typing in. Uh, anyway, go ahead on your oh, truck story. So I was, yeah, I, I, dude, I get rant so bad. So I was in Chattanooga, and while I was there, I was like, fuck it, like let's. In in the used truck market right now is is terrible because of COVID. No, you know, dealerships stopped making trucks. Used market got bought up instantly, and so you've got. $35,000 trucks selling for 40. And so it's a nightmare and they're all getting bought up. Like they're getting sold. So they're really hard to find. And so I was in Chattanooga. I couldn't find anything in Dallas. I could not find anything in Dallas. And so I was in Chattanooga. It was like, fuck it. Let's see what they have. And found a truck that worked. It was well taken care of. It had low miles and I talked him down to a decent price. So I flew home on Wednesday got everything sorted out, flew back out on Friday and drove that truck straight back to Texas. And I was hunting Sunday morning. Oh yeah. So I have a new truck now. I'm, I'm mobile again. I'm back on the road. I'm happy. That's good. That's good. good. Working working trucks are a good thing. (laughs) Working trucks are a good thing. That's oh uh, yeah. And it ended up being a one ton too. It's a three fifty single axle. So overkill for the so trailer. overkill. So overkill. <laughs> but I <laughs> just big dick energy. <laughs> Love I it. didn't even care, man. I was like, I need a fucking truck. There's one right here. It works. <laughs> Guy took care of it. I'm buying it. <laughs> I don't give a shit anymore. I need to get out of my fucking parents' house. Oh Jesus. My God, that's awesome though. It's like, does this if I crank the saying, will it start? Yep. All right, I'm taking it. <laughs> I'm buying it. I'll be back tomorrow. That's awesome, man. That's a crazy story. Look, we're gonna end there. We might have to have a part two uh to this because I feel like we have so much more to talk about. Um and you're awesome. Part two. Yeah, we can do a part two. So yeah. Yeah, I'm down. All right. Anyway, man, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. I was just thinking about a part two and how epic it's going to be. So let's do it. What? And I was honestly, I need to get. Um, hey, hey, let's do what? a part two in person. Part two in person. This weekend. Oh, Where I'm breaking we? up. No, my cold. You can hear me. <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what part of Arkansas are you going to be in? I'll be in when. Hey, that's not too far. North of Stuttgart. When? Let's do it. I'll drive. Let's do an in-person. Let's do an in-person part. Dude, the, the, look, the good thing is I'm in Arkansas from Saturday, from Friday night all the way through Thanksgiving week mm-hmm. to Sunday because I go back okay. to work Monday. I'll be there. I'll be there like nine I'll days. Yeah, I'm not driving back to Dallas until the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, perfect. So I'm, driving, I'm, I'm driving back to – I lied. I'm driving back to Nashville 
for Thanksgiving, I think. Hunter and I are going to go duck hunt. I'm going to take her to kill some ducks in Arkansas. She's pumped. She's actually my fiance. My fiance is named Hunter. I know it confuses everybody. Okay. We have the same name. Um, but, yeah, she's up in Michigan right now. Congrats Dear, on making that work. Thank you. Yep, thank you. She is <laughs> She is. She is the love of my life. I love her. Uh, and she's love a that. she is stone cold killer. She's up in Michigan right now, hunting with her family, uh, deer hunting up in the UP. Um, Heck yeah. And then she's gonna get home Sunday, and then I'll be gone. But hopefully, we're gonna. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. She's probably she's gonna listen to this, but I'm gonna try to talk her into because we don't really have, have like a lot of family here in Tennessee. Actually, we don't have none. Just my parents and all of our friends are gone. They're going to go back home and whatnot. The people that we mm-hmm. do know. So why not just have like a nice tablecloth dinner in Memphis and then hunt Friday morning? I don't see any problem with that. I don't either. I don't either, but we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, we'll let's definitely, up. let's do Definitely do a part two. I haven't done it in person, so it's going to be weird. I'm going to be like, well, what do I do with my hands? I'll so. bring Meg ultras. <laughs> I'm down. I'll bring, I'll bring, but I can't, I can't, bring your I, seltzers. I'll bring my, I bring my, I'll bring my seltzers. I'll bring, I, dude, ranch water doesn't sell everywhere. Anyway, look, we got more to talk about. Everybody, thanks for tuning in and listening. There'll be definitely be a part two coming up a lot faster uh, than we anticipated. But part two, um, everybody, peace out. Until next time. Peace out.